48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. Tonight's headlines. Apple Daily airs its final online broadcast and warns it could close down in the next few days. The government announces a partial easing on social distancing measures. And Taiwan says some services offered by its representative office in the SAR will move online. Apple Daily aired its final live news show tonight, thanking the audience for their support since the programme started last October. More than 30,000 people logged on for the final programme. Earlier, Apple Daily staff were warned the newspaper could cease operations this coming Saturday unless the authorities release assets frozen as part of a national security investigation. Damon Pang reports. An internal memo to employees says if the funds are not forthcoming, no articles will be uploaded to the media outlets' digital platforms after 11.59pm on Friday, while the last newspaper will come out on Saturday morning. Staff have been told they can resign immediately if they want to, and they will not have to work a notice period. The memo was sent out following a meeting of Next Digital's board. The note says the company has asked the Security Bureau to release the funds and has set Friday as a deadline for the matter to be resolved. The board is expected to meet again on Friday to make a final decision on whether to cease operations. Last week, Apple Daily's editor-in-chief, Ryan Law, and Chan Kim Hong, chief executive of Next Digital, were charged with colluding with foreign forces to endanger national security. Authorities also froze about $18 million of the media company's assets. The Hong Kong Journalists Association urged the government to do all in its power to ensure that staff got paid. It said Apple Daily workers shouldn't be affected by a police investigation of some individuals. The government has announced a further relaxation of social distancing rules as Hong Kong recorded no local coronavirus cases for 14 consecutive days. From, Thursday's res- from Thursday, restaurants can run at full capacity as long as all staff members are fully vaccinated and two-thirds of customers have received at least the first dose of a vaccine. For bars and clubs, the number of people that can be seated at each table will rise from to, from two to four, as long as all staff members and customers have had at least one jab. Religious gatherings, weddings and business meetings will also be allowed to be held at a venue's full capacity as long as two-thirds of participants are vaccinated. Chief Executive Carrie Lam said she hopes the new rules will encourage people to get inoculated. If uh, the business and the participants are willing to uh, take the vaccine, the realisation will be much higher is 50% to 100% of a capacity, okay? So I hope that uh, still is a good enough incentive to appeal and uh, encourage people to take the vaccine. Simon Wong, the president of the Federation of Restaurants and Related Trades, welcomed the relaxation of social distancing measures, but he admitted it's difficult for eateries to ensure two-thirds of customers have received at least one dose of a vaccine so they can run at full capacity. That is one of the things that puzzles us a lot. Um, I don't know how we can manage uh, to separate or to control uh, our customers uh, while with two-thirds of them uh, haven't uh, have, have got the vaccination, while one-third of them uh, haven't got the jabs. Even for the person who invites uh, the uh, uh, the guest uh, to the uh, dinner, he or she has to uh, ask uh, their guests, uh, you know, whether they have been uh, vaccinated or not. Taiwan says some of the services it provides in its Hong Kong office will be moved online after most of its staff return to the island in a row between the two sides. Veteran China analyst Johnny Lau says the move will affect work in various areas. 
lot of Hong Kong people are applying to go to Taiwan, and some of the applications will be undertaken in Hong Kong. So there will be some substantial difficulties of them to carry out the work. A lot of work will be affected, including the overseas students, the students applying to Taiwan's universities. And there will be also difficulties if there is any accidents happened either in Hong Kong or in Taiwan. How can the local governments offer help to the people? Fans will be allowed at the Tokyo Olympics. Organisers have announced that up to 10,000 local spectators could attend events at the Games with a limit at 50%, but they warned that competition could move behind closed doors if infections surge. The decision goes against last week's recommendation by Japan's top medical adviser that the safest way to hold the Olympics would be without fans. You're listening to your tune to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. The government says people who applied for the inflation-linked bond will each be allocated a maximum of three units. More than 700,000 people applied for the I-bond and the government says most applications were vying for more than two units. About 55,000 were applying for two or fewer units and they'll be given the full amount. The issuance size has been raised to $20 billion from $15 billion because of a record market response. A man the authorities linked to a small outbreak of a mutant strain of coronavirus in Hong Kong has been remanded in custody after pleading guilty to several court counts of knowingly giving false information to officials. Francis Sitt reports. Said Mohammed Rizvi, who arrived from Dubai in March, was found to be infected after he had completed quarantine and went out into the city. Cowan City Court heard that he and his friend, Victoria Marie Alcaide Guadis, who also admitted to the same charge, hid the fact that they attended a family gathering at Hengwa Second Estate on April the 13th, leading to the spread of the virus to four family members and five others. Prosecutors also noted that over a thousand people were quarantined due to the scare, with all domestic helpers in the city later required to undergo mandatory testing. In mitigation, the defense said the 30-year-old man hid his whereabouts because he didn't want his family to be questioned by health officials. He was also a tourist and unsure where he had been, the defense said. As for his friend, the defense says she understands the huge impact the incident caused to society and expressed regret over her action. She apologized to the public and hoped the court would hand down a non-custodial sentence. Principal Magistrate Ada Yim adjourned the case to July the 5th for sentencing and remanded the pair in custody, citing the seriousness of the case. Police say organised crime has capitalised on the hardship caused by the pandemic-driven recession and stepping up and has stepped up money laundering activities. As Wendy Wong reports, this has led to a significant jump in the number of people investigated over the use of their bank accounts. The Forces Financial Intelligence and Investigation Bureau says it received close to 25,000 reports about suspicious transactions in the first five months of this year, a 15% increase compared to the same period last year. The Bureau's Chief Superintendent, Lam Man Han, says the rise of online banking and virtual currencies have made it more difficult to detect money laundering. These accounts, uh, virtual banks account or, or uh, cryptocurrency wallet, are very easy to open. You don't need a face-to-face interaction with the account provider. It provides a, a very convenient and fast method for everyone to do a money transaction. It is very difficult and uh, complicated for us to trace the money. 
Senior Superintendent Chen Lai Ki says some crime syndicates recruited people who have financial difficulties amid the economic downturn to help launder the money. Some of the syndicates that they are related to employment fraud, they will um, attract citizens to surrender their bank account for them to launder money or process of crime. So we can see that some of the citizens maybe want to seek a job in a short period of time and then they will fail into the trap surrendering their bank account to the crime syndicate. So in the end, they might be arrested for the money laundering offences. The authorities say they won't stop sending government employees to attend overseas training programs despite plans to develop a civil service academy in Hong Kong to improve staff's knowledge of the country. As Damon Pang reports, officials stressed that the SAR is a metropolis and civil servants need international vision. The government is now seeking LegCo's endorsement to hire a head of the civil service academy, which is slated to start running at the start of next year. Officials said the college will strengthen civil servants' knowledge of national affairs, the constitutional order of the SAR, as well as the Hong Kong government's relationship with the central authorities. During a panel meeting to discuss the issue, New People's Party lawmaker Regina Epps said while having such an academy will be crucial, it is also essential to keep sending government workers to top universities like Harvard and Stanford, as China is now facing a strategy of containment from powerful countries. Maybe you only send one person to each university every year, but civil servants still need to go and form networks and do something for our country. This will help us get more room internationally and make more friends. Civil Service Secretary Patrick Nip agreed with Mrs Yip, saying Hong Kong, being a metropolis, needs its workers to have international vision and sense. Meanwhile, Mr Nip did not comment on reports that Deputy Police Commissioner Oscar Kwok has been chosen to head the academy. The Liberal Party's Peter Xu showered Mr Kwok with praise during the LegCo meeting, saying speeches the senior officer has made in the international arena showed he has a strong sense of justice. During a meeting of the United Nations Human Rights Council last year, Mr Kwok denied claims of police brutality during the 2019 protests in Hong Kong saying officers were actually the victims of relentless violence. The civil service chiefs did not respond to Mr Xu's comments, saying only that there will be an open recruitment to select the best person for the job. Overseas and federal prosecutors in Germany say a university research scientist has been arrested on suspicion of spying for Russia. The man, a Russian citizen identified as Ilnur N, was detained on Friday. From Berlin, here's the BBC's Damien McGuinness. The Russian suspect worked at a German university as a science research assistant. Over the past eight months, he allegedly had at least three meetings with a Russian intelligence agent. He's accused of passing on information about the university in return for an unspecified amount of cash. The university in question hasn't been confirmed by prosecutors, but according to information online, the accused appears to have worked at the mechanical engineering department at the University of Augsburg in Bavaria. The trial has begun in Jordan of two senior establishment figures accused of sedition. It relates to an alleged coup plot in April. The BBC's Sebastian Usher reports. It's been billed as Jordan's trial of the century. A former head of a royal court, Bassem Awadallah, and a member of a royal family, Sharif Hassan bin Zaid, were escorted in a convoy of cars to the state security court, where they faced the first day of their trial in the defendant's cage. Both 
pleaded not guilty. Notably absent is Prince Hamza, the half-brother of King Abdullah, who was placed under house arrest when the drama erupted back in April. The alleged conspiracy was said to be focused around the prince and his potential challenge to the king, but Prince Hamza himself has been absolved by King Abdullah and faces no charges. China's central bank says it's summoned a number of leading banks and financial firms to pressure them to clamp down on cryptocurrency trading. The People's Bank of China said speculative trades in Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies threaten financial stability and enable cross-border money laundering. Four of the summoned firms said they would comply. Bitcoin plunged more than 10% in trading today. Beijing has ramped up recent moves against the domestic cryptocurrency industry. Sport and two athletes representing Hong Kong in windsurfing in the Tokyo Olympics say the one-year delay in the Games has given them more time to prepare. Michael Chang and Haley Chan will both be competing on the world's biggest stage for the second time. Chang is optimistic about their performance prospects despite COVID-19. There were some uncertain factors, but at the moment we treat it as a positive way. Like I have an extra one year to prepare myself and physically and psychologically. So I think it's a good thing for Haley and I. Golf John Ram of Spain has claimed his first major by winning the US Open. He made spectacular birdie putts on the final two holes at Torrey Pines to beat Louis Oosthuizen by one shot. Ram's victory means he's now the new world number one. The BBC's Ian Carter was watching. Two inspired curling birdie putts on the last two greens gave Ram his first major victory in a championship that always evaded his fellow Spanish heroes, Sevi Ballesteros, Jose Maria Olazabal and Sergio Garcia. The 26-year-old who was denied victory at his last event due to a positive COVID test celebrated vociferously to cap a 67 that pipped Louis Oosthuizen when the South African drove into a penalty area to bogey the 17th. Rory McElroy fought gamely, but a closing 73 left him seventh, five shots behind the winner, who finished at six under par. And the upstart Atlanta Hawks have knocked the top-ranked Philadelphia 76ers out of the NBA playoffs. Trey Young led the Hawks to only their second Eastern Conference Finals in 50 years, with a Game 7 victory in Philadelphia in their second-round series. Young made a late three-pointer and scored 21 points, and Atlanta won 103-96. to They'll play the Milwaukee Bucks in the Eastern Conference Final. And a reminder of our top stories tonight. Apple Daily airs its final online broadcast and warns it could close down in the next few days. The government announces a partial easing of social distancing measures, and Taiwan says some services offered by its representative office in the SAR will move online. The news from RTHK. from school 
70s with Frankie Valley, quite a big hit for him around 75, if I'm not mistaken. And my eyes adores you. How are you doing this Monday evening? Peter King, of course, with you through until 1 a.m. Our sentimental journey departs at five past midnight. But it is Monday, so music fairly easy going for you. As we continue now with Karen Mock. Decided to create 